Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I'm your boy, Stevie Jobber. And you know who it is. It's Dangerous Duke. Back again. Welcome to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. And you know this, man. I mean, we, we've been doing this for a while now. I mean, it ain't, it ain't a long while. We ain't old yet, but you, you should you should know. know. If you're listening, you, you should know who we are by now. It's been 84 years. 84, 84 years. If we still doing this at 84, uh, we should be making a lot more money. Let's let's put it down. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, let's start it off with the wrestler of the pod and get into the big news. It was a, uh, it was kind of a shorter week, but some notable things happened. Mm-hmm. But let's kick it off with the wrestler of the pod, man. Um, short news today. He doesn't have a long list of accolades, but definitely keep an eye on him because every time I've seen him, he's uh, he's blown me away in the way that he's able to he's able to get in there with any kind of wrestler and uh, really make a name for himself and really make you look at him twice. Um, wrestler of the pod this week is Starboy Charlie, uh, mostly known from GCW. He's been in there with uh, Jungle Boy from AEW. He's been in there with uh, Jonathan Grisham. And uh, he's been in there with Trey Miguel. Um, Basically, anybody who's anybody. And he's always able to make a good name for himself. He might not always win. But at the same time, the kid's 18 years old. So winning huge matches isn't a really big thing right now. Right now, it's about proving yourself, making your name. Um, and he's able to do that with basically anybody. So shout out to Starboy Charlie, this week's wrestler of the pot. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Without further ado, man, let's get into it. All right. Um, we're going to start off with Monday Night Raw. Like you said, this was a bit of a shorter week. Uh, th- they had some good moments. Wasn't anything too, too over the top, but. We're going to start with Monday Night Raw. Uh, first things first, they announced the draft. I think we already had an idea. Most fans had an idea that the draft was coming. Mm-hmm. It was just like a matter of when it was going to happen. We had some people predicting after Survivor Series, some people predicting before it. And it turns out that the draft is actually going to start on October the 1st mm-hmm. with Friday Night SmackDown. And then it'll conclude on... October 4th with Monday Night Raw. Uh, so I wanted, I wanted to, you know, pick your brain a little bit and see if you could, uh, if you were the one drafting, whether you're on Raw or SmackDown, either or, uh, who are some people that you would potentially reach out for in this upcoming draft? Um, I think it depends on who I am. Um, for any type of reason, like for star power or to build. I think for if I was going to pick my number all and my number one overall person as far as star power, um, I think everybody's gunning for Roman Reigns. Um, and this is a funny situation because I think if you don't go for Roman Reigns, you have to then make a plan to get all of the New Day. Mm-hmm. Because unlike um, the Usos um, and Roman who all kind of work well on their own. Um, I think Biggie needs the new day if he's going to stick with this character. So 
you either go Roman Reigns or you go all of the New Day. Um, okay. If I'm picking from NXT, which we'll get into later, I think my number one person to go for, um, man, it's kind of hard to tell you. It's kind of hard with NXT now. Everything's all up in the air now. Um, <clears throat> I think there's I don't like even maybe, know because now yeah, I, I think, think. Go ahead. I think there's maybe like a handful of people that you can get from NXT if you're gonna go the NXT route. I think the only people you could really get that it's not gonna hurt NXT too bad is. Fuck, I can't even I can't even say Gargano because they just they're doing the index. You have the whole the way thing now. Yeah, so and and it looks like to me Austin Theory had put out a cryptic tweet and made it sound like he was leaving NXT. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that Austin Theory is like a first, a great first pick for me. Even though Austin Theory is amazing, but character wise, there's a lot of work to be done. So I don't know if you say maybe Kyle. Maybe Kyle, but I even now I feel like Kyle needs another year. Not that he needs it for him, like to develop, but I he think he needs it for the legitimacy of his character. Well, I was just thinking Kyle because you know they kind of booted him out of that fatal four way match. Mm. So that that's kind of why I was thinking I right, maybe they attack him. That's how they get him off TV, and then. Kyle shows up on main roster, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know if there's any women that I would call up unless I'm getting Dakota Kai. Not because I'm biased, not because I'm biased. Hear me out. Um, I don't think they're putting the title on Dakota Kai. No, no. It, it's, it seems very clear to me that it doesn't matter how much the fans want it. They're just not going to put the title on Dakota Kai. No, I don't think so. And, and if they're not going to do it, call her up. I agree. I agree. Um, if you'd have told me last year that they were going to put the title on Dakota Kai, I would have said no. I don't think. I don't think so. I. I just. She doesn't fit the bill. She doesn't look right. But now, with the character change and everything else, mm-hmm. I would not mind seeing Dakota Kai as a champ. Not at all. Now she's got the look. Now she's got the character. Now she's got the mic skills that back up her end ring skills. She has a perfect feud with um, Raquel Gonzalez to really take the belt, and they didn't give it to her. So, yeah, they, they I think don't. Wanna, I think it's time. They don't want to upset Mrs. Strowman right now. That's what. That's what it is. Mm, oh, don't let Mrs. Oh, Jabber hear you. I'm, I'm out here dropping a dropping. Uh, spoilers. Who called her Mrs. Strowman? Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I honestly think that's what it is. I mean, Raquel's a good champ. Yeah, I mean, technically, she is Mrs. Strowman. I just, listen. I don't. I don't know nothing about that. I don't know nothing about no Mrs. Strowman. Nah, but there's not really many. I don't think there's many people they can get. If I'm if I'm drafting for a show. Let's say I'm SmackDown. I'm going to try to get AJ. Oh, yes. Yep. 
let, let, let's break up the almost almost thing. You don't want him with Omos no more? Nah. AJ as a tag champ, all right, cool, but you got to compete with AEW in some way, and having some of your best talents in the tag division, isn't it? I agree with you, but I still think they could go right back to the dynamic of, all right, the tag team titles are done. I mean, if you want to use him as muscle for AEW. Yeah, and then just put him back in the role of muscle, but now it's muscle that can be in a tag team match. All right, so I guess we could keep him keep him around then. But uh, I'm drafting AJ to try to put AJ back in a world title picture. Mm-hmm. Um, who who's the IC champ over there right now on on SmackDown? Nakamura. Yeah. Who I'm not looking for. I'm looking for Priest. I'm swapping mid card titles. Yeah. I'm yeah, looking for I, I would swap mid card titles. You take Nakamura, and we'll take Priest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I'm raw, give me Seth. Yeah, yeah. Give me give me Seth, and uh, I'm trying to think who else. Give me give me KO. KO or sure? KO or Cesaro, one of the two. I'll take either one of them. And if it's coming, and if it comes down to uh, women, I'd take Tony Storm, who's not really doing anything, and live. Okay. And if I'm SmackDown, I'm taking. Uh, see, there's not much legitimacy on SmackDown right now, uh, so I'm taking either Nia or Shayna. See, you see what the problem about this is: is we're the ones drafting, and we're all drafting with a certain intention. Yeah, like I'm trying to. We we try to make it fair, not even fair, but actually. Uh, like an actual competition between the two shows, like it, like a yeah. level playing field in a way. And we're drafting with the intent of good writing. Yeah. Which I don't you, necessarily you, think is always the case with WWE's drafting. Not always the case, no. Like, like if me and you did this draft, which we might do for a special edition, man, it, it would kill to have a big enough base for a, for a Patreon right about now. But, um, if we were to draft for mm-hmm. for us um, and then put a card together, we'd be drafting with the intent of like making all these people that people wouldn't normally look at or uh, people that would normally sit out their contract until it's done, like Kevin Owens, and put them in a in a really good spot. Yeah, it makes that character work. Yeah, I, you just ha- you just hit the nail on the head right there. Because you have to, especially with all these new, with the with the rise of AEW right now, you got NWA doing good stuff, Ring of Honor starting to you know poke their heads back out into the world, and then New Japan's always a valid option for people whose contracts are expiring. So it's really it's an open playing field for people who are on the way out. If you can get them something good before they go, or try to you know put together quality for them. 
Yeah. Might increase the chances of keeping them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if I was them, if I was creative, I'd be having, after this draft, I'd be having, like, morale meetings. Like, there's certain people in the back that, like, I know we're okay and we're on good terms and they're fine with their writing, but there'd be certain people I'd be having one-on-one meetings with before the next show. Like, mm-hmm. how do you think things are going? Do you have any ideas? What's your feeling on blah, blah, blah. And they've been, I agree. I would do that, but they've been doing it now, but it's been Vince that's been doing it. I don't, I wouldn't, if I'm Vince, I'm not doing those morale meetings. I'm ha- I want creative to do it. Cause at the end of the day, yeah, Vince has the last say, but creative still has to write the shit. Creative still has to put everything together and pitch the ideas. Well, if, if, if I, okay, well, if I'm Vince, before these morale meetings that I want them to do, I'm looking at how much of a writing team we have. And uh, if it's too big of a number, I might be cutting it in half. What, just cutting the creative team? Yep. If it's enough to like, if it's enough for like uh, me to split it amongst the two shows, and I feel like not too many people, um, then I would do that. But if I if I feel like there's way too many people writing, I'm cutting it. I'm cutting half of these motherfuckers and being like, hey, um, <laughs> do the budget cuts. Uh, there's too many of you motherfuckers that don't know about wrestling writing about wrestling. Mm-hmm. And with that many people not really totally knowing what they're doing, what am I paying all y'all for if it's just going to be confusion? Because yeah. now I'm going to have to pick between 20 scripts or 20 people writing for, you know what I mean? Like, it's too much. Yeah. If I can get 10 solid people to write for the show, that's fine. But if I feel like I there's like, even with me splitting it, there's like 15 of y'all, what do I need the extra 10 people for? Yeah, and so then I'm we hoping. can have these morale meetings where we figure out what we can do for who. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have the meetings to where there's people that you don't really need to have the meetings for. Like, you don't need them for Roman. You don't need them for Seth. You don't need them for Biggie, Bobby, The New Day. Right. McIntyre, like the guys you got locked in and locked in, you don't need to have them for them. But for the for the lesser people, like you know, your KOs, your Nakamura's, your Sami Zayn's, um, your genders, your Ali's and Mustafa's, like you gotta try to figure something out and you know, have the morale meetings with them. Right. And maybe some people that maybe like one or two flagship people. Um, just to give a general thought of the show, not even for them, but like for who I should be keeping my eye on that you've realized is working their yeah. ass off and probably needs a break. Like I'm having to sit down with AJ. I'm having to sit down with uh, maybe MVP. Who have you had your I, eye on that maybe needs my attention that's not getting it? I was going to say uh, a perfect case in point just go to your last three champions. Yeah. Your la- your last three world champions. So for the WWE title, you got McIntyre, Bobby, Big E, right? Mm-hmm. And for Universal, you have Roman. Um, oh, fuck. You can't go to the, you can't go to the Fiend. The Fiend's not here no more. Yeah, he's not here. Can't go um, to Braun. 
can't go to Braun. Braun's going to. All right. So for SmackDown, then. You just go to Roman. <laughs> SmackDown, you, you, SmackDown, go, go Roman since he's your most recent champ. And then you go to the two next highest guys on the totem pole as far as probably like respect goes. Yeah. So by default, that would be Seth and that would be Edge. Yeah. Seth and which, Edge. Yeah. Which, isn't a, which isn't a bad lineup to get ideas bounced off of. Not at all. And you still got Paul over there, so you can bounce the ideas off of Paul too. Yeah. You, you got MVP in the manager role, like you said, experienced in the ring for 20 years. You can bounce ideas off of him too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, going to your talent might not be the worst idea. Because yeah, you got to remember, at the, where to make it work. Because at the end of the day, you got to remember they're fans too, mm-hmm. and they want they they have the best intentions. Sometimes even more than creative does, because mm-hmm. creative's just doing this for a paycheck majority of the time. If right. you go to them for their ideas, they're actually fans still. They're still invested in it. So you never know; they might throw you a banger, a, a banging ass idea. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't mm-hmm. be the worst thing in the world. But uh, speaking of um, speaking of the draft coming out, what do we think about um, what do we think and and champions? What do we think about Priest versus Jeff Hardy? Uh, that was actually a quality match. I mean, I know fans were giving WWE so much shit because. Uh, two weeks ago, Jeff was in the 24-7 title picture. And they're like, wow, this is really what you have for a legend. This is what you have Mm -hmm. a former WWE champion doing. Mm -hmm. In retrospect, Jeff hasn't done much. They haven't had anything for him. He's been sitting in the back majority of the time. Yeah. So him being in the 24-7 picture, it doesn't bother me. Jeff's Jeff's on his way out the door soon. Yeah. Like yeah. you might as well milk everything you can out of that legend while you can because he won't be gone. Yeah. But him and Priest, they had a quality match. That match was actually pretty good. It got me excited for a Jeff Hardy match, which I haven't been in a very long time. And I think that goes back to really making sure that there's a meaningful spot on the show for everybody that you have. Mm-hmm. Because for Jeff to, for it to be so low that Jeff is even in the 24-7 picture, like, we don't have a problem with it now because we've barely seen Jeff. But not for nothing, Jeff should kind of be held in almost the same regard as Edge. On top of the fact that you don't have to use him as sparingly. Yeah. I would love for Jeff to be handled in more of a Randy kind of situation, but um, you I know, think it is what it is. But I, I really did enjoy the match between them two. I thought it was um, a really good nod to their styles and um, a match Priest was really excited about, clearly, not just character-wise. Yeah, um, as, as like a personal thing, because I can I can't lie. I'd be saying the same thing if I was priest and I got to be in the ring with somebody I looked up to as a kid, like watching them, because most people know I wanted to be the guy like Jeff jumping off of high stuff as a kid. So if I'm priest, I'm enjoying that. Like I'm in the ring with one of my wrestling 
heroes, if you will, mm. and I get to I get to fight him in a title match. I can't complain about that at all. It's like getting in a ring with um trying to, I'm trying to give an example. That's like me getting in a ring with Rob Van Dam or something. I'd enjoy mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Or like a Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look, like he's not super superstar, but he's still a star in a sense that you right. know I wouldn't I wouldn't mind getting in the ring with. Right. It's still a still a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um what about the biggest news of the night on Raw? Oh, well, the biggest news was a title match between Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley, mm. which ended with Bobby Lashley retaining his WWE championship. That was a that was a good that was a good, you know. Well, yeah. But, it was but then right. it was all right. But then we had us a money in the bank cash in. Oh. And if you've been living under a rock or had your head in the sand for the last week, you clearly missed it because Big E is the new WWE champion. And my, oh my, dare I say, he might have had a better reaction than Kofi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it's because nobody expected him to win. He, I believe that. He might have had a better reaction than Kofi. Like, I mean, the whole prologue to it wasn't as good, but the actual happening of it, I could say was probably better. And I think uh, it was the briefcase that did it. You think it was the briefcase that did it? Yeah, because them him teasing with the briefcase wasn't really that good. No. But the actual cashing in of it and how it happened, it wasn't like a quick, all right, boom, cash in, hit the move, one, two, three. It was actually a cash in and a little bit of like a five-minute match. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was him, man. I think it was him because they went about this, and me as a classic heel guy, um... He wasn't supposed, like, on paper, this wasn't supposed to work. No. Um, it almost don't worry, from, from the very beginning of the night, in every single segment, hey, just so you know, I'm going to cash in. Hey, just so you know, I'm going to cash in. Uh, just so you don't forget, I'm going to cash in. <laughs> and, like... Everyone building to that moment, like normally, you you so you're not supposed to go out there and win. Exactly, uh, but he did it, and I and I think the reaction, on top of the fact that they like they just in every way wrote this for him to lose. Um, mm-hmm. On top of that, just the fact that it was Big E that was winning, I think, really made the moment because. Um, they already made you feel like, or anybody that's watched um, very good cash-ins, may, they already made you feel like, all right, this guy's clearly going to lose. Um, yeah. On top of the shock that he won, the guy that won it made it that much better. Mm-hmm. Because we had all been waiting for Big E to be um, essentially a main eventer. And... Um, I don't think we really at the time, but I didn't, I'll speak for me. 
me personally, I didn't really believe he was ready. I didn't think he made the necessary character changes. Um, and that's still to be proven. But, yeah. But yeah, it was it was a, it was a shock because I mean I'm happy. It was a happy shock. It was I'll say that. Yeah, because I, I remember I'm right there with you on what you said that uh you thought he wasn't ready. Cause I remember you and me uh, a few pods back, we we booked something to where we like booked Big E in like a year and a half or two year time frame mm-hmm. to win the to win the, the championship. And I believe we picked the right championship too. We did pick the WWE championship, but we booked it like in a two year time frame. This yeah. was like this was like pre money in the bank. Yeah. Like like we had him in the money in the bank match. We had him losing it. We had him, you know, going on feuds, winning a mid card title, then winning the rumble, and then getting the title at Mania. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, it was a happy shock. And it's it's always nice when it's somebody who deserves it like he does. Mm-hmm. And it makes it even better when you have people that are in your company that are happy for him and you have people outside of your company that are happy for him. Like Kenny Omega tweeted that that was somebody who deserved it a long time ago. Uh, John Silver tweeted that he was proud of him. Uh, I believe Christian said that he was proud of him. Like there was a, there was a few people in the rival company who were actually mm-hmm. happy to watch that. Yeah, I saw some people saying Brody Brody would be proud. Which I thought was sweet because they were like way closer than I had originally known that they were. Um, but the test now is is to see what they do with him. Yeah, it's just, it's just let's let's see if he can do it. Let's see if he we, we're giving him the ball now and let's see if he can run with it and let's see the type of damage he can cause as a champ. Personally, mm-hmm. I think I think he'll be a decent enough champ that uh, he could probably hold it. I could see him holding it to the rumble, maybe even longer. Yeah. Yeah. If they do things right. And the good thing now is because he's back with new day. I mean, he, he really, I don't want to say he doesn't have to change his character, but he doesn't like, I don't want to say it, but he kind of doesn't have to change his character now because the same way that Kofi was on his run when he was with New Day is the same thing Big E can do. Yeah, like um, Big E doesn't have to go back to the pancakes and gyrating and whatnot. Big yeah. E can stay with the same character he has now. Like Kofi, yeah. Kofi stayed with the pancakes. I think I think Big E doesn't necessarily need to do pancake power positive positivity all the time. I I could say you leave him as he is now, and when they try to push that on him then he can like try to play the serious role and he can, you can like kind of like tease his heelish ways. If you would. Man, you know what I would love? What's that? And I won't fantasy book too long. Cause we got actual news to get to. Um, I would love for this to be a vehicle for a big E to have a great run. Um, and it end with him losing to X. Oh, damn. And then all the New Day becomes a... And then every member of New Day becomes a world champion. 
that would actually be a boost to X because that would be that would be his first singles title. Yeah. Yeah, man. Your, your first singles title is the WWE Championship. That's pretty damn dope. It is. It'd be it'd be pretty sweet. And um, I've heard rumors that um, they're bringing King and Queen of the Ring um, back. Yeah, at, I would uh, love for post draft. Okay, yeah, I would love for X to be King of the Ring because the rumors are that X has always wanted to be King of the Ring, and I feel like that would be great for him as a start for his singles um, credibility. <laughs> He'd be a funny-ass king of the ring. He'd be a hilarious king. But I think that's where it could start. Like, post-draft, you make him king of the ring. And then we could start to build, as as they support Big E on his world championship run, um, they start to build this complex of, like, yeah, you're king of the ring, but you're talking to two, like, world champions. There starts to be this complex and maybe MVP can get in his ear and be like, hey, listen, I don't know if you realize this while you're singing and dancing or whatever, but um, they're looking at you sideways. You're mm-hmm. not as good as they are. Or at least they don't think you're as good as they are. Those are two world champions. Y'all been tag team champions. That's cool and all, but they're world champions. What have you ever done besides King of the Ring? And then he's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. But then, like, you can start to plant certain seeds of them, like, tagging themselves in or yeah. them, like, laughing when X says certain stuff about how good he is and just, mm-hmm. like, certain little things that make him go, like, like, you know what? I'm just as good as y'all. And then him, like, maybe he wins the Rumble or maybe he turns on Biggie somewhere down the line and or maybe Big E gets so self-absorbed with being a champion and dropping all the funny stuff that he ends up breaking up the New Day and X ends up being the one to come out of it out of the whole like turmoil on top. Mm-hmm. Like maybe him and Kofi get into it about who's better, who's better and X is in the background like I'm me. I'm better than both of y'all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would love to see that happen for him because X is the last one now without a without a, a world title. Yeah. Um. But moving on. Uh, uh, on that big news. Let's jump right into uh, NXT. So we got NXT 2.0. Uh, just a real quick run through. Um, what were your thoughts on the new uh the new show? Um. So. Um, one of our main female listeners had messaged me the, the night of and said it was, uh, she felt very disrespected <laughs> by them calling it NXT 2.0, uh, which I agree. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of a jab. It's kind of a jab. Yeah. Um, but not for nothing. Uh, uh, and this might be disappointing to some people, but I thought it was an interesting show. Um, um, the, there's a, there's little like things here and there, like, uh, when Braun Breaker debuted against LA Knight, I thought it was weird one, because they called him Braun Breaker after they already kind of announced that he was a Steiner. Yeah. They changed his name like three times. Yeah. And they was already about to change his name to Rex Steiner. So I was like, why do we all know he's Steiner? Like, just, just, just 
call him Rick Stein. You think because you called him Braun Breaker, we're gonna look at him like a new guy? No, you you Rick Steiner kid. I know you. Just like calling Curtis Axel, Curtis Axel don't make him not Mr. Perfect Kid. We know who these people are, but um, I thought changed, that was weird. I was gonna say they changed Parker Bordeaux's name as well to Gunner Harland. No, they changed it again after that. He's now not Gunner anymore. Now it's no, they took away Gunner. Now he's just Harland. Oh, that's corny. You should have called him the first name. Mm-hmm. Should have called him Gunner. Him, I would have kept him Parker Bordeaux, to be honest with you. I'd have kept him Parker Bordeaux, but you change his name to Gunner Harland and then look at both the first name and the last name and be like Harlan is the one we should go with. No. Gunner is definitely the name to go with. And they went with Harlan. Gunner is sick. Y'all went with Harlan. Y'all corny. But but I thought Brown Breaker debuting was cool because he put on a great performance. I just thought LA Knight might not have been the guy to do that. Like, why make LA Knight lose and then lose again? You know what I mean? Like, him pulling double Mm -hmm. time was just kind of weird. Yeah, Um, double time, especially double time just to lose. Right, double time just to lose both times. It had been it had been better booking wise if Braun Breaker lost the match by like roll up. Uh-huh. Like LA Knight just barely got away. Yeah. But the kid put on a killer performance. Cause the kids cause uh not for nothing, Rick Steiner's kid can go. He did his thing out there. Um so I thought I thought that was cool. Um I like the I like that he dressed like his old like his pops. Yeah, um, when they were the Steiner brothers. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, the announcement that uh, that I can't remember her name right now. Frankie Monet. The announcement that Frankie Monet is going to challenge for the title uh, mm-hmm. this week is cool. I thought that was dope. Um, Bull Buchanan's son debuted. Um, Pete Dunn signed for a new deal. That was something. Yeah, I found it weird that they took out Kyle for Bloom's kid, mm-hmm. who, by the way, has a weird face. Yes, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you said it. Nothing against yeah. nothing against nothing him. against the kid. He just he just has a weird face. Yeah, he's a giant. He can move. He did a great performance in there with his like old school. Um, Raw versus SmackDown knockoff Sting trunks, but um, kid's got a weird face. I don't know, uh, but the match was good. I'm glad they chose the person that they chose to win. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Comment on that. Let's let's. let's I, I like I like that. I like them picking Champa. Honestly, I was like, if it's not Champa, it's pointless. Yeah, that was that was my thought process going into it. I was sitting down and I was watching it with my little nephew. My nephew doesn't really know too much about wrestling. But as we're sitting down, we click on late and they say Kyle O'Reilly has been taken out. And, you know, they announced who the replacement was. I'm like, if it's not Ciampa, I am going to be pissed because it makes no sense really for anybody else on here to be a champ. Pete Dunn. okay, maybe Uh, L.A. Knight. I wouldn't do it. The new guy, hell no, you just got here. Ciampa is really your best option at this point, especially since people were so excited for Joe. Yeah. And now that Joe's not around, you got to have somebody else that the people can get excited about. Here goes uh, Ciampa. Give him back Goldie. 
that that's literally what I said. I was I was ready for Champa to get it back if we can't have Joe. Uh, well, here's here's a funny part for you. Um, to play devil's advocate, I'll be honest with you. Um, given Vince's new success formula, I wasn't exactly sure if Champa was going to win. Um, before Kyler got taken out. Even then, I, I didn't have I didn't have Chomp, I didn't have Kyle. Um, when when Kyle got taken out, I thought maybe Pete, because Pete just resigned. Um, and I didn't really get why they would put it on Chompa until he won the belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they added the new dude, I was like, "All right, well he's Fall Guy." Yeah. Um, and it actually so that, so that none of the people, even though it ended up being LA Knight, mm-hmm. which funny enough, I thought in the new um, category of, in the new like requirements of who Vince McMahon wants, I thought LA Knight might win. Yeah, because he fits the bill, right? Because <laughs> he fits the bill. He's the only guy that was taller than the both of them, uh, besides the new guy. And LA Knight was bigger. L.A. Knight was younger. I thought, not for nothing, L.A. Knight might get out of this. He might pull this out. And then once Ciampa won, I was like, all right, I get it. Because it is still reconstruction period. Mm-hmm. You do still want a face that they're familiar with. Um, you do still want somebody that um, they can depend on and knows what they're doing, that's been here before, to lead you through the reconstruction period and then turn the belt over. And there's nobody better to do that than Chopper. I do want to say, um, big shout out to LA Knight too, because he took a nasty fucking bump and got busted open. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They, they did a good job of getting him out of the way and taking care of him uh, while the cameras were off of him. And you could like see the cameras pan a little bit and catch mm-hmm. him getting worked on. But he he took a nasty bump and shouts to him and the doctors for Doing cleaning that, that up quick. Yeah. 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 So not not, a, not, not a, he impressed. He impressed. Yeah. Not a not a huge heaping Joyce Hallelujah, but just a good shout out because that man took a hit and kept rolling afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so Trump is new champ, excited about it. I don't know how long he's gonna hold it, but then again. Nobody on the current roster except for the three guys that debuted last night fit the bill. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we might have a while, even though um, the end to that, the end of that show, um, which I'll say now because the real part of the show is is the wedding. Um, the way it ended with Braun Breaker shaking Chompa's hand and that very serious uh, turn on that he had where he like, the whole show he'd been playing this guy that was just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the show, he comes up to Champa, uh, and Champa's like, "Hey kid, you did great out there. Um, you know, I'll see you around." Puts his hand out, and the guy shakes his hand and doesn't uh, let it go. Yeah, he shakes his hand, and then, oh no, 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 not even before that. So Champa, Champa says, "I'll see you around," and extends his hand. And before before Steiner's kid even shakes his hand, he looks at the belt. Mm-hmm. 
And then Chamba looks at the belt and Chamba looks back at him and then Steiner shakes his hand, smiling, yeah. still happy to be there. And then he gets real serious. It looked like Chompa was messing with him a little bit, doing the eye shake and the nose crinkle, trying to get him to break character mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, uh, so that was a moment. I mm-hmm. hope I hope they wait though. Like, please don't put the title right on Steiner's kid as soon as he gets here. No, nah, let let Chompa get it for a little bit because man. because I like I it, Steiner's kid looks like. Um, they're about to do what I think they should do with Biggie that they didn't do. Um, cause Steiner's like, he's, he's very high energy. He's very intense. Um, and like an endearing way mm-hmm. at first. Yeah. Then like the bell rings and he's like, all right, <laughs> now I'm gonna rip you apart. And it's, it's, uh, it's good because he's young. So that really works. Yeah. And then it looks like he can tap into, he looks like a young Kurt Angle. But bigger. like bigger. Yeah. Kurt Angle with a Brock build. Kurt Angle with a Brock build. That's exactly what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So I, and I like that he can flip that switch. And I know Big E can do that too, but they rarely ever utilize that. Yeah. Which I wish they would do more, but I feel like that's what they're going to do with Braun. Um, with Braun Breaker, they're gonna have this thing where he's very happy to be hopefully, there. And uh, hopefully, turns it on in his time. So, um, but the yeah. real, the real main event of the show was the wedding, mm-hmm. which to me felt like a very iconic NXT moment. It felt like Macho and uh, Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, it was a good moment. I, really I, I liked it. It's, it's I, probably one of the better weddings I've seen yeah. in a while. Yeah, I can, I can, I can agree to that. It was definitely a good moment. I liked when they, uh, they had him choke out the pastor, and then they tried to get Regal to do it. They tried to get Johnny to do it, and then Beth came up and mm-hmm. fin- finished it up for us. I almost wish Regal did it though. So did I. I can't lie. So did I. <laughs> I, I kind of wanted Regal to go up there and, and be the one. Yeah. But it's cool that it was Beth, too. That's, it's cool. Yeah. Beyourownfreeminister.com. Right. So that, so that was cool. But at the Man. whole wedding, it was, it, was just, it was the best part of the show. Like, hands down, the best, most entertaining I, part of the show for me. I think I'm going to have to watch that wedding back and get the actual name of the website. Where she got the the ordainmentship because the ordainmentship. Yes, because I I think I'm gonna be the I think I'm gonna be the uh, the minister for your wedding. Nice. <laughs> it's gonna be a dangerous a dangerous yeah, a jobber's da- wedding. A dangerous jobber's wedding. I'm gonna pull. Uh, dangerous Duke is gonna pull double duty. Best man and minister. I got this. <laughs> we ready to go. Yeah, and then turn on me ten years later when we're in NXT. Yep. Just like true and true and true Kevin Owens fashion. And we'll have Shawn Michaels write the whole thing. Perfect. Um, so that to me was the best part of the wedding. Um, Dexter Loomis finally saying words. It was like when Kane speaks, mm. mixed with Kane's wedding, mixed with like Macho Man mm-hmm. and Elizabeth's wedding. It was just it was like Marquis, she said, I did it for the rock. <laughs> his idea, his voice, I did not expect him to sound like that at all. 
he sounded like a like a normal unintimidating person which i thought was hilarious i thought he was about to pull out this real deep voice and shit but yeah it turns out he's like a normal guy which is funny but it also explains why he doesn't talk there are people just like you and me because it's like you know there's this whole mystery behind him not saying words and then he says words and you're like oh I wish she didn't. I wish she. I wish she didn't say anything. Yep, we're not. We're not gonna have you talk now. So yeah, the I'm, only I'm, words you get. I'm perfectly fine with I do being the only words he says while he while he has this Dexter Loomis character. Um, but it was amazing. I laughed every every like thirty seconds. I was laughing to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely the best part of the show. I think it ended really well and. So, I mean, knock me if you want to, but I'm going to give it a chance. Me too. I mean, it was it's weird. It, it's a weird color. It's a weird concept. But the show itself wasn't terrible. I went in with low expectations, like low, low. And it did better than I expected. So I'll, I said I was going to give it a couple weeks before I gave it a final judgment call. But uh, after week one, wasn't terrible like it was it was surprisingly a little watchable yeah yeah wasn't the greatest show in the world by any means wasn't the best show of the week but a decent solid show yeah yeah that's what i thought about it too it was, it was a solid show it was a solid show it they definitely more, felt more um more developmental yeah but they, they've had worse shows the definitely. nxt has definitely had worse shows yeah Better, still better than Raw. Still better than Raw, definitely. Um, um, but moving on, let's get into uh, AEW. Yeah, just like AEW news this week. Um, so MJF apparently is getting heat from fans about this promo that he cut for uh, Pillman Jr. And I really don't see the point of the heat. It wasn't a... For me, it wasn't a terrible promo. It wasn't a gut-wrenching, like, heart-twisting promo. It was just a regular old MJF promo where you're designed to get some heat or you're designed to, you know, rile up the crowd a little bit. He didn't really say anything that was too out-of-pocket, out-of-the-ordinary. The worst thing he did was he said, I'm going to talk to your father. And then he looked up started talking and then he said wait who am i kidding he looked down and then said hey yo pillman and then he started talking to the ground implying that pillman was in hell there there's been way worse promos that people have cut max caster was cutting worse promos randy with ray back in uh was that oh six i think well you might be thinking you might be thinking of the wrong promo um are you talking about the same one from when they were in Cincinnati? No, he just cut another one. Cut oh, okay, one okay. Because they was killing him for the Cincinnati one. No, they're, they're understandably. He, he was getting some for this week too. Oh, okay. But this this week's promo wasn't really that bad. Yeah, that like sounds I, lighter than the original Cincinnati promo. Yeah, no. There's been worse promos that MJF himself has cut. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, I don't, I watched the promo back. I'm like, I didn't really, he didn't do anything out of turn on this one. Listen, I watched the Pillman uh, Dark Side of the Ring like yesterday. 
eh, I don't feel offended. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. So for for them, the Max Caster was doing worse once. He was doing worse raps. Yeah. And his raps weren't even that bad because he was getting permission from the people he was rapping against to do them. And I think that's that's the overall thing to understand, right? Like if you if there's mutual um if there's mutual understanding and consent to say whatever you're about to say, then it's different. Yeah. It's not I, like I, he's going out there and freestyling very offensive things. Yeah. Like the oral sessions comment he got permission for the South Carolina Julia's uh, vagina. That one was, he got permission for like he's getting permission for them and people are still getting upset. I think honestly, wrestling fans just want a reason to bitch and moan about something. I do think that is part of it at times. Yeah. And and this week it looks like MJF is the guy that we're going to bitch and moan about. Uh, But I'll say this on his behalf, not to, not like he needs anybody to come to his aid, but I've said it time and time again, MJF is the greatest heel in the business today, Absolutely. Uh, not counting Roman Reigns. And it may be even better than Roman Reigns, maybe. Um, the guy genuinely is an old school heel. Mm-hmm. Inside the ring and outside the ring, he kind of works for you to hate him. Like this yeah. man is is one of the greatest at being the worst person in the world that I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and it's not like he's a uh, real life a, a shit human being because um, there hasn't been one yeah there hasn't been one person to come out and be like they genuinely have beef with yeah. MJF so he's portraying a character people yeah. have to remember that we're all we're all portraying characters, even even us doing this. We're yeah. not really dangerous Duke and Stevie Jobber. Well, technically, we are Duke and Stevie, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah, yeah, this is all, it's, it's all a work. And he's one yeah. of the very best that um, saying whatever will get under your skin. He's very good at keeping kayfabe alive. Yes. That's that's a perfect way to describe it. He's he's one of the best at keeping kayfabe alive in today's era. And and when y'all say when y'all bitch and moan and say y'all want kayfabe, y'all still want kayfabe. He gives you kayfabe, and what do you do? Mm. You get mad. Yeah. And you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. Come on now. But listen, but, this is how this is how stars are born, man. You don't you don't get to love to hate somebody unless they can really make you hate them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it took it. It takes a while, but MJF is like very naturally yeah. gifted at just being a total dirtbag. Yeah. So the fact that you're offended just really is a compliment to him. Mm-hmm. It, it means he's doing his job the right way. Exactly. And I mean, I haven't. Well, and now my whole perspective has changed, right? Because I really applaud the bad guys more than the good guys because. It's so easy to be a good guy now that it's kind of corny. You almost have to reinvent being a good guy for it to get over. Yeah. Um, or just genuinely be so good that we don't care about your character, We're, which is kind of like like a jungle boy. You either have to be a jungle boy where you're so good at what you do that um, we really don't 
care much about your character development mm-hmm. or you have to reinvent being a good guy completely like Darby Allen. Yeah. Um, so the real work nowadays is being a heel that people can really get behind. Yeah. And MJF is like the greatest of like, like, like I said, next to Roman, the greatest heel in the business is not Kenny Omega. It's definitely MJF. Yeah, hundred percent. Because people can like Kenny Omega. And I mean, I like MJF, but I like him because he's really good at being an asshole. Yeah. Like he's not like it almost to the degree where there are people out there that truly believe he's that person. Mm-hmm. And it's, I love it. I love everything about what he does because it's so old school and nobody is, nobody is as genuinely hated as this man. Like, I think the last person I, I the last person I liked that was a heel that was that good besides Roman was like Seth when he was originally a bad guy. And I mean, like, like jet black hair with like a strand of yellow in it. Uh, authority Seth, Seth. Like authority Seth. Mm-hmm. That was the last person I I like genuinely liked him because I hated him so much. And even then, he had a team around him to help him out. He had Hunter, right. he had Steph, he had uh, Big Show, Noble, right. Mercury. He had a team around right. him. He had a whole factory around him to help him be the douchebag that he was. MJF and- has the pinnacle, but the pinnacle only exists because of him. And there's not really many solid douchebags in the pinnacle aside from FTR. Right. right. Generally, and, and he's not even with them most of the time. Yeah, because Spears isn't really an... Uh, we know Spears is Ty Dillinger, and Ty Dillinger wasn't an asshole by any means. No. Uh, Wardlow, we don't know anything about Wardlow. Yeah. Uh, and he's an asshole to Wardlow. Yeah. So really, FTR, really the only like assholes he has around him. Yeah. I mean, unless so, you want to count Tully. Yeah. And even then it's like uh Yeah. But so, so um, I mean he's he's just really that good. So I, I don't understand the heat, but um in other news, speaking of Tully Blanchard. Yeah, uh they had a they had a segment that I only I only caught like portions of this because I didn't watch much of AEW this week. But um he managed to get Darby and Sting unmasked. Mm. And by that, I mean, he took a rag, dumped water on it and wiped the paint off both of their faces. Uh, And before that, you know, there was an attack between, you know, Tully and his people and Sting and Darby. And he he hit Sting with the chair. And I laughed because Sting Sting no sold the shit out of that chair shot. (laughs) Like it was literally just smack and he just. Like, didn't even wait to turn around. It was just, like, smack, and then he just turned around, didn't flinch, didn't do anything. Mm. <laughs> it was funny to watch, but then they wound up wipe, getting the face paint wiped off of them. Uh, that's some good heel work right there for me. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's the equivalent of, like, Lucha Libre ripping the mask off of the face. Mm-hmm. So now I kind of it kind of makes me wonder if next week's thing and Darby gonna pop up with no face paint on. I don't know how I would feel about that. I was gonna say if I'm them, I want to pop up just like one time with no face paint on, 
mm. and beat them down and then get the get the face paint markers or whatever. They'll reverse and it. Like, and like scribble it on their face. <laughs> that would be funny. Kind of like what a Joker's thing was doing an impact with the red paint. Mm-hmm. He was giving everybody the Joker smiles. Yeah. Let's just do that. Let's just get the black face paint and just start smearing it on people's face. That would be interesting. Um, so a great heel work from a great heel faction. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the pinnacle is under MJF. So yeah. Again, a testament to how <laughs> to how great you know, MJF is doing. Um and the mind of Tully Blanchard, who I'm sure came up with that idea. Um, yeah, that it was a pretty funny segment. So I don't know if that's gonna be um a thing they're running with now, but I like the idea that they're all moving kind of in different directions, but as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Sean Spears' thing with uh, Sammy Gravara is done. Hopefully it is. But I mm-hmm. like that they're all moving in different directions. Like FTR has ended their thing with Pride and the Powerful. MJF is starting his thing with Pillman. Yeah, like we... It's it's time for some refreshers. It it really is. Yeah, Darby's doing this thing with uh or well Darby's doing this thing either with FGR or with Tully Blanchard directly, which would be kind of weird. Um I like I like the dynamic of Darby and Sean Spears. Yeah. I think that'd be interesting. Darby like Sean Spears and versus Darby, Tully versus Sting. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I hope they don't actually book Tully versus Sting, I feel like that would be. It'll probably wind up being another tag match like they did before with Team Taz. Yeah, yeah. Which, in, in that retrospect, I wouldn't mind. And a real, really, really small note because I want to keep this really just to the news itself. Um, it is such a shame, dude, for the women's division that. Um, Tully's daughter, Tessa Blanchard, is, like, not finding work anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, because an article that came out saying that nobody was looking to scout her because she was uh, described as nuclear for the locker room. Mm. Not even, not toxic, not even, like, a poison, nuclear. Mm. Like, damn, dude. I guess you gotta work on that, man. You gotta work on that sometimes. You gotta you, you gotta mend some fence. That's not even working on it. Like for one, yeah, you gotta work on it, but that's not like a class and then you can come back. Yeah. You gotta you, you gotta mend fences. You gotta apologize to a lot of people. You gotta go to a lot of places. You gotta do a lot of interviews. Like the road back to being someone that people wanna sign for a long time is long. Yeah. So she so. she definitely has some work to do. And it's a shame because she was like she was at not too long ago, man. She was right up there. She was on top of the world. First female impact women's champion. Mm-hmm. Not not impact women's champion. Yeah, yeah. Impact M- champion. Uh, world champion, that's a woman. Yeah, impact world champion. She was the first woman that was impact world champion. So it, it 
it is just it's crazy because she was like she was like the highest the highest uh, uh probably most important women in indie wrestling or mm-hmm. wrestling period arguably yeah. to being unhired hmm. like wow that's a fall dude yeah well since she's getting nuclear, since she's considered nuclear right now, let's jump over to somebody who's probably considered the polar opposite of that. Um, Great segue. Yeah, so SmackDown was recently in Knoxville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, hometown of Bianca Belair, and they decided to give her a superhero's welcome, if you will. <laughs> um, they did some great stuff for her, man. They gave her a kind of like an unofficial holiday, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, they signed the proclamation in her name. They showed her mad love. He took pictures, her and uh, her husband, Montez, took pictures with all the officials, uh, the mayor who just so happened to be Kane. Um, so I guess Kane was looking out for the hometown kid, showing love, especially since she's a WWE person like himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a great shine for her, man, especially for it to be in your hometown. And you're the mayor of your hometown just so happens to be a WWE Hall of Famer, one of the most liked and respected people of all time in the locker room. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool for her, man. Uh, not many people can say they've had that in their hometown. No, definitely not. Um, and big testament to her and how fast she's rising and how important she's becoming to not only to the company, but to um her fan base to you know girls uh little girls everywhere and um just how important she's becoming to that locker room to that mm-hmm. company to um i mean just to that whole she's definitely what's the word i'm looking for that whole is it demographic gonna... Yeah, I was going to say she's definitely becoming uh, bigger than the character and not in a bad way. Yeah. She's definitely taking her character and using it to reach uh, different levels of beyond wrestling, which not many people do. Absolutely. Like she's able to talk about how she is the best, but she's also worked very hard to become the best. Like she's mm-hmm. got records and track. She's a, um, a multi-sport athlete. She's an activist. She's speaking out for women in sports and athletics and all this other stuff. She's letting, like you said, little girls know that it's okay to be good at this particular thing. Not every girl has to be the supermodel or, you know, the magazine model. You can be a track star. You can be, a scientist, you can be whatever you want to be and be different and still be the best at it. I think, I think, um, I think on top of uh, not just being good, it, she also puts out there that it, uh, it's not, it's not, um, not that it's, not that it's bad, but um, you also don't have to put yourself in one kind of box. Yeah. Because she's done everything there is to do. Mm-hmm. 
um, and work their ass off to be the best in whatever she's tried to do. So not only is it not not only is it okay to try this and uh, try something new and 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 work to be great at it, don't be afraid to try anything you want to try. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think another example for that too, not just her, her husband. Like Montez would be another person. Like Montez. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like being former military, you were in the Marines for eight years. That ain't easy. And for you to leave that and try to chase this dream, you're showing people that you can still do other stuff and be great at it too. Mm-hmm. So I, I think between the two of them, they actually have a good, um, um, they have a good grasp on how they can uh, be more, be more than just WWE, be more than just their characters. They can actually reach out and do more and be better and still have it be a positive for them and the company. Mm-hmm. And the company could use some positives right about now. So those two are great people to have. Yeah. Um, what did you think about Britt Baker interrupting her promo? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Uh, I, I had a pause for a second. Promo. I was like, wait, hold on. Did that forbidden door get open and I wasn't there? No, no, she just she just looked like she was cosplaying as Britt Baker. Um, I don't know what's, I don't know who this is. <laughs> um, I don't mean I don't mean this to be mean, but I think Becky kind of forgot how to be Becky, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She 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 looked like she showed up as Britt Baker. I was very confused. I was like, what is this? What's the whole thing you're doing here? It, that's what it feels like to me. It feels like she, like, it feels like she forgot how to be, it's like she's trying to be Becky right now, but she can't really be Becky. So it, it, she's trying to be a heel, but not the heel that she can be. She's being a heel that's a little cringe right now. It's kind of yeah. like when Bailey went too far or when Bailey went too long being a heel, it became cringy. She's drawing. She's trying to bring Conor McGregor to her character, and it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. She had the Conor McGregor to her character in the beginning, but it wasn't dialed up. Like she, she was Conor McGregor, but she was Conor as a, like an anti-hero. Now she's Conor trying to like she's trying to be Conor and an asshole, and it's not mixing well. Mm-hmm. I think she should just go back to what she was before. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We wanted old Becky back. You gave us Becky, but you gave us different Becky. It's like, if you can go back to being the anti-hero Becky that you were before, like kind of like the Stone Cold-esque, if you will. Yeah. That's what, that would be. She's got to tap into some kind of Triple H duality where Hunter never really had to change who he was. Yeah. But he could be a bad guy or a good guy, depending on the situation. Yeah, because in most, like in the, the late 2000s, I think it was, or the early 2010s, yeah. he was bouncing between heel and face, heel and face, just depending on who, who he was in the ring with. Exactly. Like when he was there with Jeff, or when he was there with, um, with Edge, he was the good guy. Yeah. And then when it was him, Edge, and Jeff, he, he was, was a bad guy. He was the bad guy. But it was literally within a, a few months' time frame. 
He yeah. didn't fully go heel, but you knew yeah. he was you knew he was the bad guy in that instance. Yeah, it really just depended on whose promo he interrupted. Yeah. But I don't she's gotta she's gotta find that for herself. She's gotta find whatever um Triple H Randy Orton type of duality she can tap into to where mm-hmm. she doesn't have to go extremely one way to make it work. Yeah. But then again, it's... looking at her husband. Oh, don't even get me started on him. We're gonna you know, he's not the best. He probably he probably influenced that. He probably pushed her to yeah, go go completely out of left field. We're gonna try we're gonna try to him. keep this rant free today. We're gonna try to keep the rant free. We're almost, we're almost there. We're almost at the end. Yeah. Um, um, but but yeah, she's got to find some way to make this work because it feels like she's playing somebody else. And it, I don't think working. it's going to, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to work because if anybody's like me, this, this week, I'll give you a buy. Mm-hmm. But um, this goes on two, three weeks, man. You're not just yeah. gonna keep coming out fake Britt Baker on me. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not buying it, buddy. I'm not buying it. Don't be Britt Light now. Right, exactly. Let's let's be Becky if you're gonna be Becky. Mm-hmm. Don't come out here with these extravagant outfits and, and you know with the hair all crazy. I don't need yeah. it. I don't need it. No, that's not that's not what we asked. Exactly. You don't want to seem like somebody else. Let's uh, you. But we gonna finish it off right here. Let's finish it off with um, I guess they're trying to tease Roman's next feud, mm-hmm. uh, and we're not talking about after Finn, and we're not talking about uh, well, yeah, we're not talking about after Finn, and we're not talking about Brock. We're talking about after Brock. So they're already teasing Biggie and Roman Reigns for Survivor Series, and my question is, why? Um, well, not to rant, and I'm going to try not to because we're almost at the end here. Um, this is this to me is part of the problem with these Saudi Arabia events. Because you get into certain TV situations where nothing makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Because... Brock's only showing up here and there. And you're pushing to crown jewel with Brock while simultaneously pushing for Finn Balor versus Roman in a couple of weeks and and extreme rules. So when Brock's there, it's about Brock, but it's also about Finn. And then when Brock's gone, it's about Finn. But now you're throwing Big E in there because Big E is also from SmackDown, but you haven't even got past the first thing. So now we're pushing three feuds at the same time. And it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to keep track of. It's like, why though, even? Yeah. It's like, Especially since not for nothing, like I'm fine with Big E just staying on Raw. Like, yeah, yeah, like we know it's gonna wind up coming eventually. We know he's gonna wind up having to fight uh, Roman at Survivor Series. So, what's the point of teasing it now in September when it's not until the end of November? Exactly. Like you still gotta get through October, my guy. During someone else's feud. 
Like, we still got to get through October. We got to get through the Finn feud. We got to get through the Brock feud. Then after that, we can go into the Roman and Big E feud. Especially since it'll be more entertaining if you just let them feud alone. Yeah, like, don't just force it. Don't just force it. It has to come naturally. We know it's going to come eventually. We're not dumb. We know Survivor Series brand versus brand. Right, and it would be easier on the writing team. Like, these are little decisions I feel like they should have definitely made um, within one or two seconds, like, not one or two seconds, within, like, five to ten minutes of planning for certain things. Um, It just makes sense. Like, it makes sense. Um, like I understand if you got to push Brock and push Finn at the same time because you're trying to make it Saudi Arabia money, whatever. I'm gonna get past that. But let's let Finn have his thing before we shove Big E into here. One because it kind of diminishes Finn's whole rivalry if we're also pushing Brock and pushing Big E. I mean, like mm-hmm. there's zero to there's there's zero to slim likelihood that anyone's going to believe Finn is winning now because you already got two more fuse lined up that we know about yeah and then two wouldn't it be easier to build a survivor series with Big E with the new day doesn't that just kind of write itself exactly Roman in the new day I mean, uh, Roman in the bloodline, Big E with the New Day, it just kind of writes itself. So why not just hold off on that and let Finn have his moment? Like, it, it, you don't think you're stepping all over what you're trying to do here? Because we're WWE and we got to make sure we keep the people tuned in forever and ever so they don't want to jump the ship and go to AEW and watch CM Punk and Adam Cole and Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega and all the nice shiny toys over there. So we're going to tell them what we're going to do with our old decrepit toys for the next four months. Yeah. That's, that's kind of done to me. Um, on top of the fact that like, if you don't, if you shove everybody into one place, you don't let anybody shine. And at this kind of moment, you really want all the people with possible star power to kind of, show their star power instead of stepping all on each other's toes, man. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know. There's just so many people that could bring you back a good spotlight. If you gave them the time uninterrupted to do so, so that you don't have to worry about CM Punk and Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega every week. Yep. I think that's the issue here. Like the the problem isn't that um, I don't even think the problem is that AEW puts on better shows every week, even though they kind of do. The problem is y'all don't have enough stars or y'all don't let the stars y'all could use have a spot to shine. Mm -hmm. If y'all use the talent y'all had in the right way, people will look at Kevin Owens like they look at Adam Cole. Cesaro. People could look at Cesaro like they look at Daniel Bryan. People could look at um not to be this guy. People could people could look at 
uh, uh, Ricochet, how they look at um, who's somebody that's really flippy over in it, like Pentagon. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that because y'all step on everybody's thing so that nobody's important. Yeah. I mean, because there's yeah. people... There, there's people that WWE has that they could do something with. It's just, it's just that they don't, and it's they should. So, I mean, it kind of, it kind of bothers me a little bit that you know they're willing to tell you the next four months of a plan, and it makes you know that the first three months are pointless. Exactly. Somebody said that today on our page. Um, I had shared something about. Um, I shared something about them announcing the crown jewel uh, pay-per-view match with Roman mm-hmm. and Brock. And somebody was like, well, thanks for ruining the whole Finn and Roman match for me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how am I supposed to care about the demon coming back? If I know for a fact, Roman is going to have the belt by the time he fights Brock at crown jewel. I mean, mm-hmm. unless, unless y'all try to like super swindle us somehow and we don't, you know, Finn winds up winning, which I doubt, but unless y'all try to like bamboozle us and actually give us the ba- a, a demon victory. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if you're not giving us a demon victory, then it's pointless. And I'm right. pretty sure 99% of the wrestling world knows Roman's going to win mm-hmm. because just because of this, because you have his next three feuds already lined up and put on TV. I mean, you shoot yourself in the foot with these kind of things, man. That is an analogy that we have used one too many times, but it still stands true. They they love to shoot themselves in the foot, and at this point, they're gonna lose the foot. Yeah, just just cut the whole thing off now because it's yeah. getting ridiculous. Um, before we get out of here, is that the last thing from SmackDown? I feel like it is. Yeah, that that's all I, I have on SmackDown. Yeah, before we get out of here, um, I want to talk about one last thing um and i got this from wrestling republic and then i had to look it up because to see if it's an actual thing um andrew yang former presidential candidate um has made has put certain things in place to possibly create a wrestler's union um he had a he put up that Um, He had a call with the Department of Labor. He said, if you are a current or former WWE performer who feels you were misclassified as an independent contractor, um, contact such and such and let's get you what Vince owes you. Been a long time coming, but this storyline is real. Yeah, um... I think I think it'll it'll be good and bad. It'll be good in the sense that wrestlers are gonna have the benefits and stuff that they need. Yeah. You know, in case, you know, travesty should strike. Yes. But then again, I also feel like it's gonna be bad because all right, if we're getting unionized and we're doing all this, they're gonna lose a lot of money. The wrestlers? Like, the wrestlers themselves are not going to be getting paid as much just because they're unionized and, you know, they're going to have the medical and all that other stuff. Yeah. I mean, cause as it stands now, if they do get hurt, Vince covers what they, you know, their, their medical, like Vince will, he'll pay for their surgeries and all that stuff because they're his investment. 
Absolutely. But every but everything else beyond that, they have to uh they have, they have to, to pay, pay for, for themselves. Them. Yeah. And they make some of them make good enough money that they can. Like let's take Bailey for right now. Right. Bailey gets hurt. Bailey is hurt. Uh Vince paid for her surgery and you know, she ha- she makes enough money to where she can cover her own rehab and the rest of all that other stuff. Absolutely. Um, it's just, I think they're going to wind up losing money on this, like the wrestlers themselves, and they don't realize it. Mm. Um, and plus, I think if they do try to make this happen and get professional wrestling unionized, WWE is going to have somebody in their corner that they might not realize. I think they're going to have Tony Khan in their corner. Ooh, I think, yeah, I think Vince is going to have Tony Khan in his corner. I doubt it. On this. I doubt well, it. no, because they're not unionized either. No, but I think Vince, I'm, I'm not Vince. I think Tony and um, I think Tony and Kenny have talked about what could possibly happen for a wrestlers union amongst themselves. Yeah, but I think I haven't, they, like, I haven't seen the, I haven't, um, I don't remember exact tweets or anything, but I do feel like I've seen it before. Well, if they go about it the right way, it might not be as bad of an idea as it could be, but I think it's, it's ha- it has its pros and cons for sure. Yes. But that's what I think this is. That's, that's what, and I think we can spend, um, we won't spend too much time on it. We'll end the show, but, um, I think we should have like a special edition on it because I feel like we could have a solid conversation about it. I feel like yeah. what I feel like what it boils down to is that if you can put all the things you're normally doing into a contract, I feel like a lot of this is avoided. Yeah. Like you already pay for medical. We are we know for a fact Vince already pays for surgeries. We know Vince can pay for um, rehabs. Mm-hmm. We know Vince has paid for um, ma- uh, like anger management classes or uh, yeah. um, what did they I mean, call the- it? Um, sensitivity classes or yeah. I mean, there's there's that. talent on there's talent on the roster now currently employed that he's done that for right counseling, um, therapy, whatever. Mm-hmm. My thing is this, right? If you have a union, especially for WWE, if Vince can have it in the contract that he pays for these kinds of things, doesn't um, really need to be. And he just and and all he does after that is tack on that he covers medical because that is covering medical, basically. Yeah. If you can, if you can just put all that into a contract, then this union thing is kind of. It doesn't really need to happen. Exactly. Yeah. The only thing that needs, the only thing that Vince has to, um, the only thing that will break Vince down now that he doesn't already handle, is the fact that he has to pay you now when you're not on TV. Yeah. And I, that's I the think big that's, thing here. That'll probably be the only thing that keeps it from happening. Exactly. That's that's what it is. That's why they keep them as independent contractors, because mm-hmm. events is paying for and, and life insurance, possibly. Yeah. Um, because Vince doesn't cover your any life insurance and he doesn't cover um, he it doesn't say that he covers medical 
And because he doesn't have to pay you when you're not on TV. Yeah. Um, those are the kind of things that I think he would be worried about if there was a union, which is why he's so against it. Because there's people that will sit home willingly or there's people that will, um, that he just doesn't want to use because he pissed them off or for some personal reason or you smiled at him the wrong way or you yeah. sneezed when he was trying to be serious and now you're home for three months and now he has to pay you for those three months. Exactly. But I feel like if you just suck up and put this stuff in the contract and sign them as an employee, you don't have to worry about that. Because mm-hmm, it's already in there that you're going to do it. Exactly. Because here's the thing for Tony Khan, right? Um, Tony can pay for basically everything Vince can pay for and have you as an employee and have it in your contract that you can work for other places. I feel like that's something Tony Khan can agree to. Yeah. Plus I think Tony Khan, I I think Tony Khan has a little bit more of an edge on Vince in that department, just because Tony Khan already owns multiple sports teams. So Tony Khan already has state of the art facilities that his people can rehab at and, you know, come back from their injuries. Like he's the, he's the owner of the Jaguars. I think the soccer team is, I think it's Fulham football club. I'm not a hundred percent, but I know it's an English club. Uh, So he's got the Jaguars and he's got an English football club. So he already has state of the art facilities here in America and overseas that his people can rehab at. So I think he's got a leg up a little bit more than Vince does. Mm -hmm. Now, the only thing I would be worried about is if they shake down certain prices. Yeah. Like I think they should come to a mutual agreement that um, the the type of pay depends on the type on the re- the specific wrestler. Like they make a certain offer, blah 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 blah. Yeah, it, it, if it they if on they the start talent. to get if they start to get to a place where it's like NXT talent has to get paid this much, mm-hmm. main roster talent must be paid at least this much, or and they start comparing contracts and shit like that. I feel like that's where it gets tricky. That's where like this could not be a thing. Yeah, I still feel like it needs to be superstar specific contracts. Um, but I, I honestly like. I don't know what the big deal is. Like just like half the stuff you already pay for anyway. So just if if you have such an issue with paying the people on their day off. I mean, when or when you're not using them, then just have a clause in there. Yeah, that you can it, release these people at any time. It, it's a tricky situation. Um, it, it definitely is a tricky situation. They're gonna they're gonna have to really sit down, hammer it out, dot dot all the t's, cross all the i's. Right. It's, Come up it's with just explicit a, details on what yeah. should be in the contract and what you should cover and blah blah blah. And if you do it as a, if they do decide to do it as a set thing for the NXT guys get this much and the main roster guys get this much. If they do decide to do that, then when a talent goes up to the main roster, they're going to need to switch it, switch it right away. Like they're going to need to switch them to the main roster one. You don't want another Alistair situation where he's supposed to have a 90 day non-compete and he's still stuck on and he still has his 30 day. Exactly. So you're you're gonna need to have your legal team on that like stat for everybody, mm-hmm. and if like people like Mandy, Mandy was just on main roster, 
Now she's NXT. So you're going to need to have to switch that for her too. Right. Which I feel like those things, I feel like these things are relatively easy. Yeah, it, it's just actually, And I feel like, I feel actually, like, I feel like head of Tyler Relations kind of should convey these certain things. Like these are yeah. things Tyler Relations needs to know. You mm-hmm. do understand that going back down is going to be a decrease in pay and yeah, that, that's when things. that's when it's going to have to be whoever's running NXT, whether it's Vince or Hunter or somebody. It's going to have to be like Nick Khan if he if he's the one or Bruce Pritchard or whoever. Talent relations definitely has to be in there, and not your whole legal team, but a representative of the legal team. Right, and I feel so, like it's I feel like I feel like it's it shouldn't be so hard to be fair and we got we'll wrap it up soon but um i feel like it shouldn't be so hard to be fair about like if you get hurt and you're out for six months i should pay you for those six months i'm already paying yeah. for your surgery yeah i mean personally, i'm paying I, for you to recover you know yeah i mean personally i think he should i i think he should pay them while they're hurt you don't got to give them the whole contract like you don't have to pay them the full amount because exactly. even in the NFL, it's not fully guaranteed money. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you should still pay them. You should pay them something. Like, they all have families, too. Whether it's somebody we'd like or somebody we don't like, they still got families. They still got people they got to take care of at the end of the day. Right. And what is... If they can't do, like, the contracts, not the contracts, they can't do the autograph signings, they can't do the cameos, they can't do the Twitch streams with the Patreons and shit like that, how else are they going to provide if they're right. at home injured? And I feel like if 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 they don't unionize that, which I feel like that might be a thing they're gonna try to unionize, but you can put that in contracts. You Mm -hmm. can put in contracts that understand that you're forfeiting um, these third party things if you're using your wrestling names. We have to get percentage of all that stuff. You can put in contract, and I feel like there's a way to work that out too. Where like if you're injured, you're out for six months, you're not on TV. We can't pay you what's in your contract to pay you. Mm-hmm. But we can give you base pay. Yeah. Like and we, then we, you have to just come up with what base pay is. Yeah. Like it, it can be like 30% or 40% of what you're supposed to get. It can be something. Right. Because even when they're injured, they're still doing merch sales. Right. Becky was out for a whole year. Her merch was still flying off the shelves. Bailey is injured right now. Her merch is still going. I, I was just on the website the other day. Bailey had a... I forget what shirt it was, but Bailey's shirt was sold out. So Bailey's mm-hmm. still moving merch even while she's injured. Mm-hmm. You should still be able to get paid for your merch, and you should still be able to get base pay. That's yeah. what I feel like. But but like I said, we'll we'll probably save that whole conversation for a special edition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's all the news for the week. Um, NXT was okay. Uh, AEW was what it was. Uh, people stop hating on MJF. <laughs> and we'll just have to see where things go from now. Hopefully they can uh, pick it up. Hopefully they can use Big E the right way and we can uh, come to some kind of terms on uh, on where certain characters need to be at before the draft because we got to tighten it up. Yeah, Definitely. But with that being said, man, I think we can uh, move on to shout-outs. All right, it sounds good. Um, I'll take the shout-out. I'll take the shout-outs first. Uh, so we started on our IG. We have a 
a new little wrestling group, I guess you can say. Uh, group chat with the wrestling, uh, the wrestling fanatics, if you will. Mm. Uh, so I'm gonna shout them out. It's our usual people, man. Reckless Figs, Dita Toy Hunter, Fats Frequency, uh, and we also got a couple new ones in there. You got AJ, the Collecting Legend, and you got Poke Fritz. Uh, we be in there shooting a shooting a breeze, talking all things wrestling bouncing ideas off of each other and those people are on ig so you should definitely check them out and also we're gonna we're gonna shout out bobby wrestles as well over there at the all about wrestling podcast uh if you haven't checked him out you should definitely check his uh podcast out as well and also just a just a quick nugget in here um mark henry i gotta throw him a shout out real quick because he did a he did like a 30 minute podcast talking about the plane ride from hell and everything that happened afterwards if you guys haven't checked that out you should because we're going to talk about that sooner or later but i got to shout out mark henry and his podcast as well because i commend him for actually talking about that because that was a that was quite a topic but Mm. those are those are my shout outs for the week um all right man uh shout out to uh the 90s wrestling podcast shout out to uh, good cop, bad cop, wrestling from Twitter. Uh, shout out to Wrestling Jeebus as always. I want to give another shout out to Doghouse Gaming and Sicko Games um, for one of the best wrestling GM apps I've ever had. And uh, for Doghouse Gaming for all your retro games and current games. Um, they just got a new, brand new store uh, that's going to have a, a game room soon but he's got all types of classic games for every system and possibly uh, any old system that you used to play from Dreamcast, from Super Nintendo, all the way up to Xbox One. So shout out to him. Uh, Shout out to the National Championship Wrestling Promotion. And um, let's give one to GSW, Global Syndicate. That'll be my shout outs for the week. Uh, Duke, Duke, you're, Duke, you're muted. You're muted, Duke. <laughs> Dang, Nabbit. <laughs> T- testing one, two. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. You're good. All right. Well, it's a good thing these things happen at the end of the show. <laughs> uh, but that's the rundown for this week, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed this show. This was a good one to put together. Hopefully next week shows are good and we'll have some more good stuff for you guys. But you guys know how it goes, man. Stay up. Stay blessed. As always, stay Stay dangerous.